What's up, everyone? We're back for more Locked On. Bucks. Frank is here with me. We have got some injury updates with Milwaukee, which we will get to leading into the game against the Cavs, as we discussed yesterday. Uh, three days off, which is rare for Milwaukee, particularly when you look at how many games they've played this season. We'll look back on the weekend a little bit, some of the more on-court stuff that we perhaps didn't get to on yesterday's Grayson Allen podcast, but let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and find my work over at ESPN. Joining me, as I mentioned, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Some vibrant comments yesterday. People were engaged. What a shock, Frank. I thought the Grayson Allen podcast would get the comments section popping, particularly on YouTube. It did. If you missed that podcast, you want to hear about Grayson Allen, feel free to go back to that podcast. But we're going to talk about the on-court stuff a little bit, Frank. Uh, the Bucks did pick up two wins, two wins that they probably should get, but they took care of business, which is important leading into this Cavs game where, as you correctly pointed out to me before we started recording, there's only half a game between the Bucks and the Cavs. But where do you want to start from the weekend? Because there was a bit that happened across these two games. Well, I mean, you and Justin, by the way, people on YouTube, I, I really need a haircut. I think that's what I just want to lead off with. I really mm. need a haircut. My, my hair is just doing like really weird Conan O'Brien stuff. I'm like trying to get my hair to not be crazy and floppy around, but it's not. Oh, well. Um, Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, you guys talked about it briefly last night um, with Justin, but, you know, it, it kind of figures, right? The old secret Dante joke, right? <laughs> like, he has his like by far best game of the season yeah. on a night when they're playing the Kings and there's a Packer game and nobody's watching, right? Unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was obviously great to see him really over like the, the course of that back to back. You guys talked about it. I mean, I think just getting that that like run and just some reps um, was helpful. I mean, the pass the pass on Friday night. Oh, that 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 pass. Giannis gets a, a great block, and then Dante. I don't I don't know how much ground he covered, but. The bounce pass he throws, um, that was a better pass than, than anything Aaron Rodgers threw on Saturday night, unfortunately. Um, we could have used more more of more Dante DiVincenzo passes by Aaron Rodgers on Saturday night. But I'm too scared to um, go there, Frank, but you can do it. You can go there. Yeah, I'm, as a Packer I'm gonna fan, stay out of it. I'm staying out. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just so thankful for the Milwaukee Bucks being NBA champions. I tweeted it out after after the game. Um, you know, I, I don't take the Packers as seriously as, as a lot of people in Wisconsin, which I'm thankful for on, you know, weekends <laughs> like this. Um, it, it just sucks. It's, it's too bad on, on a number of levels, but just what, a, you know, a weird season for them with all the Rogers stuff. Um, but obviously very disappointing and who knows, right. Who knows what happens with them? So we'll leave that to our friend, Peter Bukowski and company to figure out. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought Dante, that pass kind of stood out by the way, Friday night was like, I, it's kind of funny, right? Like if you had told me that the Bucks were, you know, like two weeks ago, if you said the Bucks are going to beat the Bulls and you're going to want to just like burn the videotape and forget the game happened, like 
I would not have expected that, <laughs> you know, because right, right. obviously they need the Bucks need wins. You know, they they need to kind of get back to winning, claw their way back up in the standings here, um, with everything so tightly packed. And the Bulls, you know, at the time I think we're still technically the first seed in the East. Um, but you know, as you guys pointed out, right? Like, I mean, they they're missing a ton of guys. DeRozan was obviously tremendous, um, but they were missing a bunch of people. And Bucks are at home. Granted, you know, obviously a lot of Bulls Bulls fans in the crowd, but uh, but obviously you're supposed to win that game. And very, I mean, the shooting from both teams was horrendous, uh, and the Bucks just very unconvincing down the stretch as well. Um, and and of course, the, we'll we'll talk about the Grayson Allen thing at the end because I think we agreed. Like, I don't want to lead with more Grayson Allen stuff. I, I have a couple thoughts on it, but like, let's talk about basketball. And then if people don't want to hear more Grayson Allen stuff. Which, if I were you guys, I probably wouldn't want to hear more Grace now and stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's just a weird game. Like one of the more forgettable possible games that, like on paper, was a big win, right? Like just by virtue of where the Bulls were in the standings. And you know, Giannis had his like thirty and twelve and five or whatever he had. I mean, Giannis put up numbers, which of course, you know, that always satisfies Frank. But, um, but even that was kind of like, uh, you know, he missed a a lot of shots kind of settled for jumpers there for a while. Um, so not, not a game you feel great about. And then, you know, we talked about, I think last week, uh, I think it was in the Raptors game that Giannis did something looked like his, his knee was bugging him. He was icing it while he was on the bench. We speculated that, you know, there may be a rest game coming up for him or it would help him. Um, so I was not shocked when the news came out that he was going to miss Saturday night's game, but um, you know, obviously that put pressure on, on Chris and drew, uh, who were not great on Friday night. Chris has obviously been playing really well. Drew, we were looking for him to get back to where he had been. Um, and obviously with, you know, Dante, another opportunity for him with Grace and Allen missing out. Um, you know, you hope that he can kind of keep it up. And I mean, I'll start with Dante. I mean, again, just really impressive. Just some of the passing. He had like two straight possessions where he like just whipped passes to cutters inside. I think one of them was for a layup. Another was for a foul. Um, so, you know, when he's just kind of like playing with confidence, playing with rhythm, um, you know, again, his finishing has been like a, an increasingly problematic part of his game. Like basically every year it's gotten worse. Um, obviously this year, like when he started one for 10 on layups, that's obviously not indicative of who he is. But um, but I think what's important about him and what we've talked about is he obviously can can help you because he sort of does just a lot of stuff, right? The whole joke about Dante DiVincenzo doing stuff. And I thought, um, you know, seeing the three ball go down, getting some cuts, you know, he had an important cut for a basket in on Friday night, hit a couple free throws in that Kings game. He, you know, sneaks behind the defense, gets some cuts for, for easy layups and he makes them. Yay. Um, and then, you know, just his passing and sort of his, his kind of his, his work as a connector. You know, when, when Eric name and I talk about Dante, we sort of talk about his value as a connector, which is kind of one of the like more subtle things that's hard to explain. Right. Cause he's obviously not like a point guard. He's not like, a guy that you're going to put the ball in his hands and ask him to create. But when he gets kickouts, when he's, you know, driving the ball up the floor, when he's running little pick and rolls, like you just kind of trust him to make the extra pass, get other guys involved, even if he's not again, sort of ever like the focal point of the offense. So, um, so yeah, just really encouraging for him. And I think certainly we see, um, you know, this game on Wednesday with Grayson Allen going to be out again, um, I'm not sure if it's secondly for an injury. I guess it's going to be for the suspension. Um, but another opportunity for Dante to, you know, make an impact. Obviously, they're going to have to lean heavily on him and George Hill. And, um, you know, now it sounds like Wes Matthews with a, a knee contusion 
will miss at least Wednesday and knock on wood, hopefully not more because obviously you're getting Dante, hopefully getting him to a rhythm, but you know, I don't know. I don't think anybody's, you know, you had Boogie and West come in at the same time. Um, we talked a lot about Boogie, but obviously I think we, we agreed pretty early on that what West was showing us was, you know, far more significant in sort of a playoff potential way. And he's continued to play very well on both ends and seeing him come up hobbling on Saturday night was obviously a concern. And so for him, you know, hopefully he's just out a game or two, something like that. I guess we'll find out more. Um, but at least right after the game, Bud didn't seem too concerned. And I guess so far the news doesn't seem bad, but again, um, you know, just sort of underscores like how important it is just keeping guys healthy throughout the season. You're going to get knocks and miss time here and there, but you just want to avoid, you know, the big injuries and, you know, like the torn ACLs and things like that to these guys that obviously maybe not huge, huge parts of your rotation or starting lineup. But I mean, I could see Wes Matthews being a really important part of the, of the playoff equation for the bucks, at least in certain matchups. And um, you know, especially with the way that, that he kind of came out of nowhere um, it would, it would sink on many levels for him to be out for an extended period. Kind of surprising that Wesley Matthews, as he's kind of, pointed to we spent some time when he first signed what are we going to get from west matthews what role can he actually play he's been playing over 20 minutes a night and part of that has been some of the absences they've had but also he's just played pretty well so we'll see what happens with the injury stuff there and obviously dante might see a boost in production which you could be interested in if you're playing prize picks our bucks fans uh, you've been hearing me tell you about prize picks for months have you signed up yet because if you haven't it is the perfect time right now because for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for our listeners. Users get fifty bucks free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On Bucks fans uh, only who use the code NBA. Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers so go to pricepicks.com today or use uh the app that you can get at the app store or users that deposit and use the promo code mba get 50 bucks free if your first price picks entry scores a single point that's right all users that deposit and use the promo code mba will get 50 bucks free on your first price picks entry if they score a single point price picks is daily fantasy made easy Uh, Frank, you mentioned our friend Peter Bukowski, and of course, you're listening to Locked On Bucks to start your day, or maybe some of you maniacs I know listen in the middle of the night, wherever you are in the world, which we really appreciate, but the point being, it's your first listen, but then go to Locked On Packers uh, with our friend Peter Bukowski if you want any of the wrap-up, perhaps some projections ahead uh, to what's... uh, what's uh, potentially going to happen there with the Packers if you're into that type of thing. But he does a great job. He's very upset at the moment. He would be cheered up if you listen to his podcast, so that would be great. As far as availability for this game with the Cavs, it will matter though, Frank, because this is a Cavs team that has gone through injury issues of their own. Ricky Rubio has been out. Colin Sexton has missed most of the season, uh, to name just a few. But they are only half a game back of the Bucks, and... Dante figures that he'll be playing an extended role here. There's no doubt about that. But just as the Bucs start to get a bit of momentum, it's kind of been the the theme of the season. You think, okay, we've got a healthy injury report here. Three days later, it's not the case. And across the NBA, we've seen that it's not so much the COVID stuff at the moment. 
they kind of had that huge wave and they went over the other side of that. Now it's just random injuries and obviously suspensions as well. But we have spoken about the fact that the schedule doesn't necessarily get easier here over the next month. So games like this against the Cavs, where the Bucks find themselves one game off the number one seed, but also one game out of the sixth or seventh seed, it really matters. Yeah, and especially because right now, I mean, the the seeding and the games behind is a little a little funky because, as you mentioned, the Bucks have played the most games of anybody. Yeah. So you know they they have the same number of losses as I think. Let me double check here again, but like I think like the like the six seed might have the same number of losses as them. Um, yeah, the Sixers are twenty seven nineteen at the six spot, and the Bucks are thirty and nineteen. So when you look at the loss column, the Heat, Bulls, Nets all have seventeen losses, and they're all clustered with either thirty or twenty nine wins. So literally a half game separating those three teams. And then the Bucks, yes, they are only one game back. But that that's mass a little bit the fact that like they're two losses behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, you know, again, why just the emphasis on just sort of taking care of business. Um, and, and again, I mean, um, you know, you look at it, Cleveland, if they win um, uh, this game on Wednesday, they would go to 30 and 19 bucks to drop to 30 and 20. And I think if the, you know, Sixers, um, you know, win another couple games, then you're you're right there literally at at uh at the sixth spot and the hornets are 26 and 21 so i mean they're not even that far behind you as well they're three games back technically um and right now at least they also have the tiebreaker on you because they've won two out of three games so far this year so uh so yeah there's not really a lot of room to sort of just sort of you know kind of take it easy and um you know just thinking back to previous years when the bucks would just kind of pick random games to rest you know drew chris and Giannis just to give them a little bit of a rest, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's tougher to do. And I think that's one reason why you felt really good about Saturdays when I was way happier about beating the Kings at home than about beating <laughs> the Bulls at home, just because of the injury circumstances. And, you know, again, the Kings were missing deer and Fox. So it's not like the Kings were at full strength either, but anytime you can get a rest from Giannis and, you know, again, just really impressed the way Chris, ties the season high with 34 just playing so under control um and drew drew looking back to the way he was before he had the COVID and ankle injuries um that was just obviously a, a huge bump and they got you know they just got where they wanted against a king's team that obviously is not known for their defense and then you know you layer on top of that just some of the supporting cast help you know beginning with with dante um that's again just kind of a nice nice way to bank a win certainly against a team you should beat um, but to be able to do it, you give Giannis the night off and then he gets, you know, three days off on top of that. Like hopefully, obviously, uh, that, that knee is feeling better here on Wednesday. And I feel like these long, these long rest periods t- typically have not been good for the, <laughs> not been good for the bucks. So I'm a little wary of like making like, oh, they're going to be so well rested. I think, um, four days off for Giannis, three days off for, for the guys like, um, I, I worry a little bit that that's going to translate into a lot of missed jump shots and, and maybe more rustiness than than we hope. But again, we'll see. Um, I think, you know, on paper, at least as, as well as the Cavs have played, um, you know, look, tonight they were missing Jared Allen with, out with an, an illness. They barely beat the Knicks at home. So, you know, not exactly um, the most impressive win from them um, tonight. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like they started, you know, Dean Wade, who hit four threes. I, which by the way, Dean Wade always throws me off because I think he went to Kansas state. Um, he's like a stretch four type guy, obviously not a guy you'd look at and say um, is a above average starter. 
but they start Dean Wade. They started Ed Davis in uh, Jared Allen's spot. And they still have a bunch of guys, you know, who um, you kind of go up and down the roster who you'd say, you know, some question marks, let's say, right? Um, Kevin Love's been playing much better. He had 20 and 11 tonight. Um, we know what he can do. And, you know, especially when Giannis is guarding him and just sort of ignoring him, <laughs> letting him shoot up in threes. Uh, so we'll see kind of how the Bucks defend them. But, um, you know, probably I think the, the Allen injury is the most interesting to watch just because he's obviously a key part of uh, their their defense that has been much improved. And as, as good as Mobley is, I think, you know, Allen is the last line of defense around the rim. Um, you know, he's been a guy that, that has, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not like, he's like shut Giannis down or something like that, but like, you know, Giannis has dunked on him a bunch of times. He's gotten Giannis blocked Giannis a bunch of times as well. Um, it's a pretty good battle. I'd rather if, if all things being equal, only have to deal with one of those tall rim protectors between him and Mobley, uh, at the, at the, in the paint. But, um, but obviously they're, they're a good team that has continued to crank out wins. And, you know, I honestly, I thought they were going to drop off after the Rubio injury but they've really hung in there and um, you know, big credit to them. They've continued to play at a high level, even with guys in and out with injuries, you know, kind of similar stories to, as, as you know, kind of what, what a lot of teams have been dealing with. So, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I'll ask you this. I mean, there, there are teams I look at like, you know, the, the heat, the bull, even the bulls, the nets and bulls get healthy. I could very easily see those teams finishing ahead of the bucks in the standings. I think the nets we're going to really see, you know, of these next few weeks, right? They have a really tough schedule coming up. That Durant absence is going to be really going to be testing them significantly. Embiid is playing awesomely for the Sixers, although perhaps they're just going to keep Ben Simmons, which hurts their chances this year. But um, Cleveland is probably that team in the top six that I most look at. And I just say like, at some point their youth is going to catch up with them, right? Like they're, they're not going to continue to play this well. Um, but again, they've just continued to win games. And if you go into Cleveland on Wednesday and lose that game, well, now you've lost two out of three to them, albeit one of them was without Giannis. And, you know, again, you just sort of look at the box and it's like uh, it's 50 games in the season, you're kind of stacking stacking the odds more and more against yourself, just being able to kind of climb up that ladder in the East. There's just not too many teams that when they have a rookie as one of their most important players that they're able to get to that level. They kind of remind me a little bit in the East of Charlotte last year, who spent some of the regular season around the fourth and fifth seed. LaMelo Ball was playing out of his skin. Now, he did get hurt, and Charlotte had some injuries, but they ended up dropping back uh, to the play-in. So we'll see what the Cavs do. But as you pointed to, uh, those tiebreakers are going to be important. And by the way, we have got Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs. I'm going to catch up with him tomorrow. Uh, so if you have any questions about the Cavs or you want to ask Chris anything, you can hit us in the uh, the Twitter comments, the YouTube comments, wherever you can contact uh, myself or Frank. You can get on to us and we'll throw the questions at Chris. i got to ask you about Grace Nellon before we wrap this up. Uh, first of all, I'll mention Bet Online, who wants to wish everyone a happy new betting year as they continue the march towards the playoffs and beyond in football, obviously, but basketball Hockey and a bunch of other sports have still got a way to go before the postseason, but it's a new year and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website. So you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started there for football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite, favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. All right, Frank, uh, this is the topic that is it's impossible to avoid. It's almost comical to me how 
front and center, it still is. And maybe part of it is the fact the Bucks haven't played a game and it's a weird part in the schedule. I don't know. But I can't believe that it's still such a talking point. You would listen to Justin and myself yesterday on the podcast. So I've got nothing else to add. What do you got, Frank? Well, I also like just want to be able to get back to focusing on basketball. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I guess a couple points. I mean, um, I think if I if we had recorded like right after the game, I think the thing I would have brought up is something I think we've talked about in the past, which is you know as soon as people start to speculate on how many games somebody's going to be missing due to you know a flagrant or a fight or anything like that, like any of these like questions of multi-game suspensions, things like that, always take the under. Because, uh, you know, and I think maybe this has highlighted it just because there's been so much talking about it. But um, the NBA just does not tend to suspend players for multiple games due to, like, flagrant foul type situations, right? Um, You know, go back to the playoffs when Giannis just completely, you know, basically demolished Mike Dunleavy into the first row of the crowd. Uh, I remember back then looking at, like, I I remember digging up, like, uh, a list of, like, suspensions and trying to find comparables and i was like man it is really hard to get suspended multiple games if you look at longest suspensions it's basically they're all like drug related suspensions and then there's like the malice and the palace suspensions and then there's some examples where there were like brawls and guys like instigated stuff and kept fighting and things like that and you, and you saw multiple game suspensions for that but just as far as like just like a one-off hard foul that was a flagrant and got a guy kicked out like it's extremely difficult to find it. If it's a hard foul, a flagrant gets a guy kicked out and then he goes and like starts punching dudes. Okay. Then you can get to see multiple game suspension. But to think that like, you know, something that looks like a basketball play. And again, you know, I think the, the way I would characterize the play was it was, you know, a reckless play given the kind of speed at which they were going. And I think the follow through that you guys mentioned as well, I think the follow through with the right hand is sort of what, like, you know, a couple things I think sort of flip this, flip the narrative a little bit, like one, as you guys pointed out, like Grayson Allen's never going to get the benefit of the doubt because his college history, he's a Duke guy and people don't like the way he looks, right? Like he looks like a guy that you want to dislike, right? Um, not to say if you saw Grayson in the street, you would be like, oh, screw that guy. But there's something about him um, on a basketball court that, you know, people like like Michelle Beadle, who I used to like on on uh, the NBA show on ESPN a lot. Mostly because some... she used to take the piss out of Paul Pierce at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought she was great on TV. Um, I just caught some clip of her her new athletic show, and she was like, <laughs> she was saying like her like half of her argument on on Grayson Allen was that he had a punchable face, and I was just like, is this a serious rationale for her right, wanting yeah, him yeah. to have a long suspension? <laughs> is that he doesn't look like somebody you like? Um, but so he's got he's got that working against him, right? And again, you can argue it's not fair, but he has a history, right? Um, and then the fact that like you know, again, most guys we saw it this weekend. Most guys are not like rushing over to check on someone when they commit a hard foul, but he didn't do that. And then there was the shot of him smiling about some joke or whatever was told in the huddle. And again, it's all optics. Like people just are gonna hate that. And so it's just all these things kind of like going against him like one after the other. And it obviously kind of compounds what was, you know, again, as we saw this weekend, like a play that is not super uncommon, but then the fact that Alex Crusoe ends up injured, obviously that ends up also playing into the motion, especially if you're a Bulls fan, obviously you're like, God damn it. Like our dude's going to be out for two months. Um, but I thought it was, interesting. I, watched, I was watching the, the no dunks guys today and Taz was going like way like 
you know, in the kind of emotional suspend them for whatever. But even Tass was like suspend them for three games. And I thought it was interesting because Trey Kirby, who's a Bulls fan, was like actually like very kind of like diplomatic and kind of understood like, yeah, it's probably one game. And Skeets was like, yeah, it's probably one game. Um, because again, that's just the history of how the league tends to punish these types of incidents. And, you know, it's hard. It's a bang, bang play. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I think they brought it up as well. Like if you're, if you're punishing guys based on how long people are out, then, you know, Nikola Jokic wouldn't be playing the last like two months or whatever it is since, you know, the whole, the whole Markeith Morris incident, which by the way, I'm team Jokic all the way, like screw the Morris brothers, but he's still, you know, even though Morris started it, like Jokic still took a cheap shot at a guy from behind and the guy hasn't played in like two or three months or whatever it is now. So, you know, again, I don't feel I'm not going to spend a lot of my day worrying about Markeith Morris. But again, I, I think that's just a extremely slippery slope to go down, you know, trying to legislate like because of a specific injury that happened when, unfortunately, as we saw with the THT uh, and the Kelly Oubre fouls this weekend, like so much of this just ends up being luck as to whether or not, you know, guys just kind of fall slightly wrong and get injured. So I, I think it was not surprising that the league kind of operated the way it did. Um, and then I think, you know, again, but like, honestly, do I like care? Am I going to go to Twitter and argue vehemently if they had given him two or three games? Like, no, honestly, I don't, I don't care <laughs> that much, you know, like, uh, Grace Allen is a buck. I cheer for him. Um, he seems like a perfectly decent guy from everything we've seen and heard about him from here, as well as in his last couple stops in the NBA. But again, you know, you do stuff that that gets people hurt and it's a little reckless, you know, you're gonna have to deal with some of the consequences. And I think it's, it stinks for him that because of some of these things that um, at this point, he can't do anything about all this has been amplified and there's so much noise about it. And, you know, people who don't really watch basketball even seem to have opinions about it. But, um, you know, I think hopefully just playing basketball again, will take the focus off of this stuff and, and shift it back onto basketball. But um, I mean, the tough part is like, th this is going to, follow him around now. Right. Uh, you know, people, people got this mad about him committing a flagrant foul when he didn't really have much of a history of this stuff in the NBA. If he does has another flagrant foul, it's going to be way worse. So it's going to be interesting to see just like, you know, what this kind of does to his style of play. It's not like he's like a rim protector or something like that, but you know, he's kind of like Dante where he'll come flying in to try to make, you know, highlight real blocks. And sometimes he actually pulls it off. Um, so again, he's not like your defensive stopper, but I am curious if this impacts him. And I mean, the next Chicago game is going to be very interesting when they play in Chicago, right? Like I'm sure the crowd is going to be, uh, ruthless with him and we'll, we'll see kind of what that means in other, in other arenas as well. So, um, so yeah, it's just a tough, it's a tough situation. And again, but you know, he's the one that committed the foul, bad things happened after it and nothing you can do about it now, except just kind of play basketball and, and hope that, uh, you know, the playing kind of takes the, the attention off all the extracurricular stuff. So um, anyway, that's the end of my rant. And I don't think we can we need to talk about him much more in terms of suspension stuff. Hopefully this is the last of the Grayson Allen suspension talk we have this year. Certainly hope so. We had one comment on YouTube from a Bulls fan that said, you just wait until March 4. Payback is a bitch. And I was like, well, I don't know what that means. But I'll be watching that game on March 4th. And I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see what happens there. But we'll leave it there. Hopefully like we a... don't need a Thanasis. I mean, I mean, Thanasis is the last guy who like 
got into some trouble because of his uh, exuberance uh, in terms of playing hard. So I don't know. Hopefully we don't have to see uh, see Bud dust off the nests for some late game, <laughs> from late game back and forth. No, no, we don't want any of that. But as I mentioned, uh, Chris Manning from Locked On Cavs will be on the podcast tomorrow. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get those questions through on the Cavs though, if you have any. And we're talking basketball, strictly basketball tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And then we'll be back post-game for Bucks and Cavs on Wednesday night, which will also be nice. We haven't seen the Bucks play for a few days by that point. But we'll leave it there for Frank and myself. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.